Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Welcome to the Christmas episode of the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. It is, in fact, Christmas Day, but it's also like the day I record the podcast. So, you know, that's just, that's where we're at. Um, I know I, uh, last week I already said we're going to start digging into rookie metrics. Just a, a brief overview of the process or ranking uh, the metrics of statistics I find most useful for each position for rookie evaluation. We did wide receiver last week. I said I was going to do running back this week, but it's Christmas, and so I thought we'd take a slight detour just so uh, also I can do it a little more, a little, little easier, a little easier on the work, um, and just look at the top 12 wide receivers I had projected in the top 12 this year and, uh, you know, which ones I got wrong. Because, you know, it's Christmas, so here's a gift. Here are the things with which you can own me as far as wide receiver projections go for the 2021 season. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and nerds all at once. I am one of those skeptical of status quo. Lazy and to the bone, no doubt about it. Sometimes I grind my Excel sheets. Sometimes pour cold water on heat. When the mass not adding up, you said I'm checking out. I'm just working to the ground. So yeah, uh, I guess we'll start out with who are the top 12 wide receivers um, in PPR scoring this year. I mean, we could go per game or, you know, uh, adjust for the stats that have been scored already this week. And instead, I'm just going to go based off last week, total points scored this season, who are the top 12. That's uh, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, Chris Godwin, Stefan Diggs. Deontay Johnson, Jamar Chase, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, and Hunter Renfro. Now, um, I know I'm reading the list, it's not like you wrote it down, but just gives you a sense of who's actually scored the most uh, complete total points this season at the wide receiver position. I thought it might be helpful. Obviously, Hunter Renfro's a notable exception. Um, and I just want to run through the ones I got right and the ones I got wrong. In total, I got six in the top 12 right, 
um, I got six wrong. So a 50% rate, but two of the ones I got wrong on, especially one of them who recently came back and definitely seems to be a top 12 wide receiver when he's healthy, um, were either injured or had their season significantly derailed for other reasons. Um, and in fact, a couple of the others I think have had shortened seasons, but I'm still going to call myself ultimately wrong on them. In fact, one I was very surprised to find out I had in a top 12 because, you know, it's it's been a minute. Um, it's also, you know, just a big asterisk. There's a lot of ways you can call yourself right and wrong, and I'm not really trying to victory lap here, just looking for flaws in the process, and also just how well do they hold up after a whole season of complete unpredictable COVID goodness. Um, and overall, hitting at 50% rate, bare minimum, for the number of wide receivers who finished in the top 12, I feel okay about it. I want to do better than 50%, even with those two exceptions because of injury and uh, mental health, um, which is just another form of injury. But ultimately, yeah, I, I'm still not happy, but I think it meets the standard, you know, especially considering how crazy this ride at wide receiver has been in 2021. I think I did okay, um, for free projections at least, but, you know, uh, that that's what the numbers are. Now, one of the ways to see that you can hit in different ways is that, um, you know, I have Cooper Cup placed inside the top 12 in my 2021 season-long projections, but he's actually the wide receiver one right now by a significant margin. He's basically now Cooper two-touchdown Cup. So by that hit rate, it's successful. Do I feel like I called this? No. I think I was significantly higher than average. I think I was significantly higher than average just having him ahead of Robert Woods, to be honest with you. But having him in the top 12 does feel like a clear win or a clear success in my overall process but it's very clear that having him as wide receiver nine overall in ppr scoring doesn't call exactly what we're seeing here but it was a very strong take and i'm actually pretty happy with that 50 percent rate just because looking at my top 12 this many months afterwards and not checking back where adp is but just eyeball testing it is at eyeball testing it, I do feel like I took shots. Like Cooper Cup was ranked outside the top 24 in a lot of places, especially in Dynasty ranks, but Dynasty ranks take in a lot more into account. And he was very often the wide receiver two selected from the Los Angeles Rams, if my memory serves, was Robert Woods was often selected earlier. But again, my memory could be fuzzy on that. Either way, both were significantly drafted outside the top 12, and having Cooper Cup in it feels like a strong hit, but it's obviously not accurate um as maybe as accurate as we could hope for but honestly i think that's probably as close as i was ever going to get predicting cooper cups type season so let's start off with you know what i got wrong the most on and, and look at the misses here i don't really want to read through the the hits but just quickly tyreek hill stefan diggs justin jefferson Devonte adams cooper cup and keenan allen are all currently in the top 12 in ppr scoring yeah that's right keenan allen who knew who knew that he was in the top 12? Apparently I did about three months ago. But you know, whatever, whatever. Again, I'm actually not trying to victory lap here. I'm just Part of the process is checking out what you got wrong. Or well, part of mine is. Um, and the number one thing I got wrong was my wide receiver one. Literally, my wide receiver one in my projections this year was DeAndre Hopkins. Now, obviously that's clearly wrong. I could check him out, but he's probably... He's deep inside the top 24 wide receivers. Um, let's see. A uh, total of 147 points per last week, which puts him at a projection or a total 
season-long rank of... That column's got to be around here somewhere. Yeah, wide receiver 32. Not just deep inside the top 24 receivers. Literally not in them. Now, on a per-game basis, he's doing slightly better. And it, it, I could make the argument that the fact he's only played, I think, 10 games this season. 9, 10. 10 games this season uh, indicate that he has had a limited role and he has struggled to get back healthy. But some of those concerns were known this offseason. And honestly, if he's playing 10 games, I... Sh- Shouldn't have him as wide receiver one if he's not going to finish there. That feels like a clear miss. What did I get wrong? Ultimately, I have him projected for like a 17% opportunity score, which is the percentage of targets and rush attempts minus the QB rush attempts that a player has in terms of overall opportunity. That's where I had him at this large, one of this megalithic opportunity shares for a wide receiver, and because that's typically been DeAndre Hopkins, and the team definitely justifies it. Liking the wide receiver one of the Cardinals was definitely the right call, but this season... Injury aside, he still has shown a significant drop in the amount of volume he actually co-ops. Christian Kirk is having a hell of a year. He's going to finish, or is right now, inside the top 24. Um, And I don't think I had him projected there, despite being fairly high on him for the first three years of his career or so. I'm not sure I quite had him there. I'm actually going to check. Why not? Yeah, I did not have Kirk inside the top 24 or even inside the top 36. And so I overestimated the amount of volume DeAndre Hopkins would co-opt here. This is That's why the miss has occurred. The team's right, the situation's right, the call is right, but the player didn't quite meet the standard. I don't think just missing, only playing 10 games so far really justifies it. I think we've seen a significant down year in terms of DeAndre Hopkins' ability to co-op targets. Now, he's had his games to still show that he can and is that guy, but per the, you know, um, cliffside, yeah, let's call it cliffside analysis of wide receiver career arcs, where there isn't an arc so much as an end point, ultimately, if everyone plays out their career in full, and DeAndre Hopkins... Looks like he might be at his end point, but here's the thing. There's nothing we can use to justify from this season to say that's the case. He just might be having a down year, and he could easily be, uh, spike back up next year to what he has typically been. So I'm not ultimately down on him, but he is 29 years old now. His dynasty value is definitely sunk, especially after this performance. And so we always knew he was team old guy coming into this season. So I don't feel like we've burnt a lot of draft capital on him. Um, ultimately, but pretty much wherever we drafted him and whatever we traded for him this offseason feels like a wash, and he's probably a hold at this point, and ultimately I, where I don't project the age cliff because it's essentially unprojectable, um, and it's a miss. Here's the thing, though, if, if you're feeling too strongly about that, uh, or you think, oh, well, clearly if they're 28, 29 years old, you definitely have to start fading them, that would be true if it wasn't for the reason that I don't, that I say it's unprojectable. For example, the wide receiver one actual this year is Cooper Cup. And anything we would do to devalue players' production based on pure age would have taken Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, and Keenan Allen, who I all got right in the top 12. They all would have suffered a similar degrade, right? Because if we're just downgrading them for age, that means instead of getting one wrong, we get... You know, the 50%, essentially, apart from Justin Jefferson, that we got right, slightly less right, because we're downgrading for age. And so, again, it's not that it's not noteworthy. It's not that DeAndre Hopkins is now more concerning than he was to start this season. Um, But 
if we build that into our process, we're going to get a lot more wrong than we are going to get it right. Still, it's very clear I got Hopkins wrong this season in terms of his overall offense and what he was going to do this year. Next one I got wrong is Calvin Ridley, which I'm just going to give myself a yellow, yeah, wrong, but not wrong. Like, I can't predict injury, especially I can't predict uh, Calvin Ridley's injury. Now, it is fair to say, though, like with Hopkins, while he did... Uh, what, what to me feels like a retirement he could come back but right now he's retired mid-year he was not living up to form at the early part of the year so it still feels like a miss even though I can take the quick injury excuse but that's especially because the injury excuse in this case is about an injury that definitely could have been playing him more season which is more to do with his mental health Having said that, the offense did definitely struggle in the first part of the, part of the season, and that could also be lean, could also be leaning into it. Definitely seemed to find its stride after and around the time Calvin Ridley started to fade out because of this mental health injury, and so it's really hard to say I got it right, but he was injured, and it's really hard to say I got it wrong, but um, for just because of the way he started a season it's kind of a question mark I, I obviously it was wrong it didn't hit but I, I don't know there's anything I can learn from that to rebuild into the process especially since Atlanta has kind of turned around a little bit at least in terms of yards Kyle Pitts is going to end the season on a thousand yards and no touchdowns somehow but um yeah uh perhaps there's information here that uh Atlanta should have been have shouldn't have been as weighted as the same but without hot julio jones but they'll still be able to put up numbers because they are but they aren't and it's certainly not the same team and so yeah we probably should i should probably have been a little more suspicious of atlanta and that may have helped out in this situation but it's a bit of a i, I don't know how to do that because again Kevin ridley's actual issue this year I, i'm not gonna say well this guy's gonna have a breakdown or this guy's gonna have severe uh, mental health problems and have to step away and retire. Like, that's not going to feed into my projections at any point, so I'm not going to call those. Um, but the start of the season was still disappointing, so there's probably still more to learn there. The next guy I got wrong was uh, at wide receiver position in 2020 in my top 12, and um, it's actually DK Metcalf. I'm surprised to find out I had him in the top 12. Feels like I caved to peer pressure here, because I normally have Lockett pretty much locked in above DK Metcalf, just because they're about equal um, in terms of overall production when they're both healthy. So I, you know, I don't get the production bump for the age value. You know, that... You don't get more production because you're younger. You just get more value. And since we build that into his players' overall projections. But that's neither here nor there. Getting him in the top 12 doesn't seem bad from a dynasty perspective. But since these are seasonal ranks, yeah, it hasn't worked out. Seahawks has, again, once again, been more desperately disappointing towards the end of the season. And it's just, on a per-game basis, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are great. But overall just hoping this offense cooks or whatever uh, Twitter campaign we want to start, whatever hashtag, it, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, the ceiling's a little capped. I don't feel bad about it, especially since it's a dynasty seasonal projection. But still, uh, yeah, definitely got that one wrong. However, I did get the balance of the offense almost exactly right. Again, I've got Tyler Lockett about equal um, at around 30% overall opportunity score and, and them both producing similar. I had to play a little funny business with the overall efficiency to get DK Metcalf app and it definitely feels like I just 
I want it to be closer to consensus, which is part of my projection process. I want to have strong takes, but not be so strong that I'm misleading you too far down the garden path if you were to follow them based on consensus. And DK Metcalf being in the top 12 was kind of consensus. So I didn't want to go too far off. I had him lower, but not low enough. And do I trust my gut more? Yeah, but I still want to keep that part of the... Like... I want to walk you down the garden path a little bit, but not so far that you can't find your way back again. You know, you don't get damaged too badly if you like a player more because you appreciate my work and my projections or whatever else. Um, and so ultimately, I don't feel terrible about it, but I do feel terrible that this feel that it's basically because of an industry adjustment that this happened. Um, AJ Brown is the next guy I got wrong inside the top 12. I don't feel bad about that at all. This is clearly injury. Like, he came back to, like, a 55% target share and 145. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's still top 12 wide receiver, and I'm not going to start projecting, you know, A.J. Brown has no knees. That's not going to fit into my process at some point because I just... I'm not their doctor. Not I'm not a doctor. I am not their doctor, which means, no, I'm not going to start adjusting for it. Next guy I got wrong, I actually called this one fairly early in the season and then got in trouble for calling myself wrong too early but it felt pretty certain that uh, Terry McLaurin I thought this was statistically his most likely top 12 year because it is it was true before the season and is true now and it is true after the season but he's not gonna finish inside the top 12 this year he's not he's currently down at uh I should have looked this stuff up uh, before and then there wouldn't be these awkward pauses um yeah he's down at 180 points total which isn't terrible he's had a very again he is proven hashtag good we don't have doubts about that but his overall production is going to be inside the top uh 24 around about wide receiver 21 22 and um, so yeah again it didn't hurt us by valuing it but especially where he's a fairly older rookie and again these are seasonal projections for a dynasty audience maybe i don't know who are you really what do you play let me know one day i guess um that's that's bad unfortunately i think there's always enough hype around mcclellan that his value is going to stay stable i don't think we lost value and overall the production is fine for liking him as a potential top 12 wide receiver he's going to be a top 24 receiver at least that floor is nice and comfy he's been startable usable and great this year and he himself is once again proven true he is slightly and will continue to be less likely to hit the top 12 for successive seasons complain about qb all you want i don't really judge it based i've adjusted based on historically when and how often it happens based on what players have previously done and at this point like dj moore terry mcclellan feels like a top 12 potential that is increasingly statistically likely never to get there now again can the offense improve is this all offenses struggles and no quarterbacks sure but if so, then that continues to plague most players who find themselves in this situation, which is why the hit rate is where it's at. Not that I don't like him, but this is a miss that was fairly clearly early on. He was kind of a in, um, in the top 12 one week, outside the top 24 the next week kind of a player early on. And despite getting slightly more stable, that's pretty much stabilized um so yeah but i don't think i got the team projection overall right tamarclon was definitely the wide receiver one the volume's kind of there and he has produced top 12 numbers in different weeks and it's just overall the consistency of that volume in this offense has been hard to come by um there's another point at running back but i realize i'm only i'm not gonna do running back too much in this podcast but there are a few hits and misses i want to mention from the projections so we'll do that and the last guy i got wrong was alan robinson just 
Again, it's all team expectation, which I do minimally, but I should not have been scared to be down on Chicago. I knew the rookie quarterbacks were being too highly valued this year as a group. Um, and overall, we shouldn't expect Chicago to turn it around first year with Justin Fields, even if they weren't playing merry hell with whether Justin Fields is a quarterback or not. So despite that, this feels like a DeAndre Hopkins situation. Again, Like it's not just the team. At this point, this was a concerning season for me, Farron Robinson. And coupled with last couple... Uh, I'm now out of excuses. At this point, I don't know why he can't at least co-op volume. Donald Mooney is phenomenal. Perfectly fine with still saying that. But I would expect the upside to be top 12 with Alan Robinson, where it's only top 24 with Donald Mooney, if he was still the same guy. And Donald Mooney can still do it in this offense. At this point, it's a concern for Alan Robinson. Um, and he's a fairly older player again. I remember that five out of the six we got right that are in the top 12 and actually one, two... Uh, eyeballing it, at least three of the players that are in the top 12, which I didn't put in the top 12, looking at the actual PPR ranks, like they're all over 25 too. So you don't get more right if you just start putting more young guys earlier in your projections. In fact, you get more wrong. Despite that, these these down years or potential age drop-offs um, that can happen do feel nasty when they happen. And honestly, with Alan Robinson, that's kind of where I'm at at this point. All right, so which wide receivers are in the top 12, which I didn't have in the top 12? Because I just read to you the ones I got wrong and a few excuses for why I got them wrong, and ultimately they're just excuses. Wrong is wrong. Own me. But here are the players who actually ended up in the top 12 that I didn't have projected in there. The first one is Debo Samuel, but I feel okay on that one because I was definitely higher than consensus. Like, I had him over Ayuk. I consistently said I had him over Ayuk. I consistently said he'd be a top 24 wide receiver. And statistically, he was one of the guys that showed up as potentially a top 12 wide receiver, and I kind of just dismissed it because I did think Ayuk was still good, and I saw more of a top 24 season output for from Samuel, and I'm wrong and right at the same time, and it's very confusing, but sometimes value hits hard, and Debo Samuel is clearly a value this offseason, and so, yeah, the top, not projecting him in the top 12 feels fair, yet being higher than him on most, especially in these rankings here, and, and these projections, that feels good, actually, but he was one of the ones that I was missing. Chris Godwin, it's currently in the top 12, along with Mike Evans. Again, Mike Evans is the same age as Hopkins and Alan Robinson and uh, Stefan Digg, like the guys who would suffer. So it's not like I would get him in there if I just adjusted for age. In fact, he'd be down. Two top 12 wide receivers from Tampa Bay. Sounds so obvious, even in the offseason, that we were too low with Tom, because it's Tom Brady. He's going to screw us over by still being good and feeding an offense. But at the same time, this was another industry adjustment. I wanted to be high-ish on them, but I definitely didn't want to be anywhere near the top 12 two wide receivers from the same team with Tom Brady. It just felt too hot. Um, but I definitely think we could have got there if we were a little less concerned with what's Tom Brady going to do. Is he finally too old? And at this point, no is probably the answer until proven otherwise, which is the same way I play wide receivers. So yeah, I did know better and I just didn't do better. So sorry about that. Um, I was high on Chris Godwin in overall dynasty ranks, but my projections has definitely pushed him down too far. And it's an issue I'm going to have to overall, because we should have expected high volume from the offense in general. I think ultimately uh, Evans and um, uh, Godwin, who are both in the top 12 right now, according to my latest sheet, 
um, and not being in my top 12 in projections feels bad, man. I projected Godwin as wide receiver 18 this season. Mike Evans is wide receiver 19, so both inside the top 24, and then Antonio Brown inside the top 41, but on a per-game basis, I projected him inside the top 24. And I think that's partly, just digging through it right now, what's going on here. Like, I knew the upside for the old guy, Antonio Brown, was actually significant, and it brought me to a more muted upside and overall volume share for all three. And that was difficult to manage. You got Tom Brady into the top 12, for example, but it didn't get any of them where they were. And to be fair, to the start the season before Antonio Brown did whatever that was um, and might finally be returning this week as far as we know uh, and has been off for being on the COVID list is probably the best way of saying it. Before that, he was the volume leader again and was the one with the most upside. And so in a way, it doesn't feel like a loss. But yeah, not having... Tampa Bay wide receivers in the top 12 entirely feels like this volume congestion and not being willing to be high enough in a situation I knew that we knew was good. Everyone knew it was a good situation. And the other guy not in the top 12, not in my top 12, that actually is in the top 12 is Deontay Johnson. This is a juju thing. I've been feeling this all season. I like Deontay Johnson just fine. I just like juju's value so much and I over adjusted for it. In projections, I think this is a Ben Roethlisberger is, you know, bad now. Um, overall effect, I did have Juju Smith-Schuster ranked as a wide receiver 27, so I didn't even put my guy inside the top 24 overall. Claypool 31, Deontay Johnson 32. There's no real excuse for that. I did have him as the opportunity share leader with 40% opportunity share and the other two with a 12% opportunity share. I just really thought Juju would co-op more of this offense. And despite being injured, it was very clear he was not when all three were healthy. Um, and ultimately, that's just led me to being too wrong with Deontay Johnson. Interestingly, his age and Ben Roethlisberger, I think, are leading everyone else to be too low on Deontay Johnson now. And again, I find it best to adjust quickly because the industry and your league mates uh, and players in general, not the industry, but us as dynasty players tend to adjust fairly appropriately. It's a myth that we don't wait long enough. In fact, we tend to wait an appropriate amount of time. And so the way to gain an edge on timing is to adjust sooner rather than later. And I think the fact that we definitely now don't know John Johnson is this volume hog, this Jarvis Landry, this uh, Chris Godwin, uh, this volume hog slot receiver, and we should adjust to that quicker than we, so far in the ranks that I've seen, have adjusted to it. The next guy that was in the top 12 I didn't have there was Jamar Chase. Yeah, I'm not projecting a rookie inside the top 12, not happening. And I think I was, you know, no one was low on Jamar Chase coming in, so see ya, not worried about that one. Mike Evans were discussed. And the last one was Hunter Renfro, who, again, like Deontay Johnson, I don't feel people are adjusting quick enough to the fact he seems he's one of these high-volume slot receivers who can do that when the situation is available and is still probably going to command a role outside of that. But because he looks like Hunter Renfro and is been in the league long enough, I think we're not going to adjust. We don't even have to put him inside the top 24 dynasty. I think having him as a top 36 is going to get you him on some dynasty teams. And I think the season has been incredibly impressive from Hunter Renfro. Yeah, it's all volume, but you know, yeah, it's all touchdowns with Chase. It doesn't make it less impressive. There are 12 of them in a very highly competitive situation. Like, that's not undervalue how that does. 
All right, uh, some running backs misses that I wanted to mention just before we get out of here for, you know, a special Christmas episode of, you know, top 12 things I got wrong that you can own me for list. Um, I said uh, I was very strong on the Antonio Gibson as not 12, top 12 running back this season. Um, I think everyone may look at it and go, well, he had a point now. Here's the thing, he's finishing as a top 12 running back right now. So I feel like the analysis was right, but relying on these positional boundaries sometimes kicks me in the ass. Um, Gibson's definitely still good. He's still not earning the type of opportunity share some people projected him to increase into, despite already displaying the level of opportunity he was going to get. Washington still sucks, so and uh, Antonio Gibson's still been pretty good. He has had some games missed for injury as well. Currently, he's played 14 games um, and has missed volume in games where he's able to start because of some significant injury. And so, yeah, I both was right and wrong on the upside because of the way this season went and the fact there are basically four healthy running backs every week and most are bench players. So um, Antonio Gibson's winning out in that way. But I do feel like I was ultimately right, but I didn't want to call it out here. I said definitely not top 12 as if it was some sort of magical number. And he's going to finish in the top 12. Also, I had James Robinson in the top 12, which feels like a victory at this point. Because before the season started, I got to update once we got the Travis Etienne news. Before that, I strongly suspected the team wanted to move on to Etienne. And now, you know, it's just James Robinson till I die. And he's currently the running back, what is this, running back 14? Running back 18. The Jaguars in general kind of dragged him down. We're hoping kicking Urban Meyer out will create... The actual running back one share that uh, Jonathan Taylor deserves, but uh, ultimately that was wrong, but also right. And I think it's interesting that that's also kind of true with Gibson, but for the opposite reasons. Um, I didn't have Joe Mixon in the top 12, which just feels like a brain fart on my account, and it's just too fun to hate on Joe Mixon. Truth is, I have some projections of running back 15. And uh, and Swift as well was also projected outside the top 12, which just feels wrong i don't know how i got here i'm gonna have to backtrack my process on some of the volume here um i know i was heavily against the second year running backs and i think i was just trying to stick to my point um overall for the top 12 running backs i got one two three four five six right three wrong um because of injury one is nick chubb who again like aj brown i'm pretty sure you still know he's a top 12 running back when healthy especially after the last two weeks so i don't feel like i'm wrong here and he's just missed injury so he's not hitting this uh, arbitrary threshold of top 12 overall points uh saquon barkley partly injury partly i would still expect him to excel more when he's been on the field than he has this year so maybe he is being held back a little bit by injury uh, no, I guess we'll talk to a doctor. Christian McCaffrey not taking the L. He's still very highly ranked in points per game and opportunity. And I think everyone has was running back one, so it wasn't even a strong take. Alvin Kamara is currently not in the top 12 in overall points, which surprised the hell out of me. I gotta tell you, he's currently running back 14. Um, I had him projected as running back three. Again, I missed, but it doesn't feel like a miss. He's one of the few elite running backs who's still freaking healthy so it feels like a win but i had him in the top 12 and currently is top 24 so you know sticking with it i got it wrong Leonard fournette's in the top 12 right now not sorry didn't catch that uh i'm just not gonna do it i think if we look i probably respectably high on Leonard fournette and uh, no no i need to evaluate that i have him as a top 36 running back that's too low again that feels like 
um, you know, congested situation trying to split the backfield between uh, Ronald Jones and uh, what I forgot his name already. Um, Leonard Fournette kind of kicked me in the ass here. It's, it's a familiar problem with projections where you know everyone with has decent upside, but trying to project them all to be healthy, somewhat limiting. Um, but anyway, uh, let's see other, other notable things at running back. Cordero Patterson didn't get him right, uh, so yeah, I don't know a way of adjusting for that one. Um, but definitely got him right. Doesn't feel like being wrong though, if that makes sense. James Connor. Um, is currently in the top 12. That's right. In 2021, the year of our football 2021, James Conner is a running back, top 12 running back in overall PPS points. Adam is running back 27. Clearly the running back on the team to own. And I own him in so many best ball leagues. That feels like that was good enough. But definitely got it wrong. Didn't call the number of injuries or uh, him being... On the field and healthy enough, and Arizona as productive as they are, and to lean on him so heavily. Who did I get right? That's a decent question. Derrick Henry, by the way, is still in the top 12 in overall PPR points for running backs. And I got that one right. I am as running back five. Davin Cook, I got right. Austin Eckler, I got right. Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor. Um, overall, I feel like I got the running backs most people got right. Right. And the few shots I've taken here are James Robinson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, which feels so bad right now. Um, And both of those feel like, uh, well, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire feels like a big miss. James Robinson doesn't feel like a terrible miss because he's still a top 14 running back, especially in this year. That's fine. Uh, The other main miss I've got is Arvin Kamara. And again, that doesn't feel like a miss at all, but technically he's outside the top 12 right now, so whatever. And then there's those two injuries, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. And Nick Chubb is not a miss. I don't care. It's like A.J. Brown. He's a top 12 running back when healthy. And he has been. And he's recently come back at the exact point of the year when you need him. And he's still a top 12 running back. He's a... I don't know. There's something special. There's something about Nick Chubb. You know? Like Mary. I don't know. I was going for a joke there. Anyway, I wanted to call those out. Um, I guess since I'm already over 30, I will point out... I went through tight end and quarterback as well. Uh, the only running back in the top five I got wrong, the only tight end I got wrong in the top five was Darren Waller. Injury. I'm sorry, that's just injury. Um, also, Logan Thomas, but that's injury. I had Higby, Ingram, and Fant inside the top 12, and they're currently not ranked in the top 12. I did get Hunter Henry right, though, and Kyle Pitts, and Dallas Goddard, and TJ Hawkinson, and Mark Andrews as tight end four, and... Uh, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. I think everyone, almost everyone, got those right and wrong at the same time. Um, the, but the shots I've taken here, Logan Thomas, Kyle Pitts, no, that's consensus too. Logan Thomas and Hunter Henry definitely feel like strong takes in the top 12. And I kind of got both of those right. Higby, I've been moved inside the top 12. Just That's an industry adjustment as well. I hate those, but it is part of the process for a very good reason. So I'm not going to say this is someone else's fault so I do it for a reason because I'm catching better overall projections by doing it uh Ingram I don't know man it feels like you just continually bank that everything's going to be there for Evan Ingram except touchdowns but that feels like a win for some reason because you project everything right except the points per game output and Noah Fan, I think he's tight end 14 I had him in the top 12 and especially for a dynasty league if you were drafting him as a top 12 tight end I think you won. I don't think that's bad. So overall, uh, I'm not 
don't feel too bad about the way I did at tight end either. All right, I'm going to get out of here. I hope you enjoyed the things to remind me that I got wrong on um, and some of the thoughts I've had about why um, what why I got some of the things wrong because it's honestly one of the most important things I do in all of my uh, fan- attempts to get better at fantasy. It's notice what I get wrong, try to figure out where my head was at, what I could have reasonably done better without saying, well, I just should have known, and based on the research we've done. And that's it. I um, hope you've had a great Christmas. Obviously, got all the toys that you want and all the fantasy points that you want. And I will see you again next week when we delve into those running back stats for rookie evaluation or whatever it's called. Anyway, see you later. Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye, eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and they on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and they on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.